0: This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and pastor, Oren. Hey. And today we are continuing in the book of John. We're in chapter 1, and we'll read verses 10 through 18. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own...
1: All right, so John 1, 10 through 18, there's some verses in here that are um, often quoted, often recited, often slapped onto T-shirts and coffee cups, <laughs> because they're so fundamentally important to the Christian life. And we've already talked about that the last few weeks, about these big foundational truths that John's establishing here, um, The greatest, one of the greatest of which is that uh, Christ became flesh and dwelt among men. Um, we spent last week looking at how Jesus is the light and life of men, and how that comes to, or how, how that light is uh, born in us is through faith in Jesus Christ. And what John says here is that what you have is this Messiah Jesus, the God of God, uh, divine in every way, in human form, who is in the world that he made, right He's in the world, he created the world, he's in it the way, which he made. Like, like you said earlier, he's breathing the very air that he created for us to breathe, right? But yet he was rejected by the people that he made to know him. They the, the, He was with people. They did not receive him. He came to his own people, and they did not believe in him because they did not know him. So in verse 10, he was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Now, this the world means everybody, Jews, Gentiles, both. He even came to his own people, the Jews, and they did not believe in him. They did not receive him. Well, why? Why didn't they receive him? Because they did not know him. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. If you want to know who God is, you, you look to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's verse 18. Yeah, Absolutely. he has made him known. Absolutely. That was the purpose of Christ's coming was to make God known because that's our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. We don't know God. And that's a thread throughout the Old Testament and even to the New Testament. God's biggest condemnation was not sin itself, but Mm -hmm. because people sin because they did not know him. Did not know me, You don't know me. You don't know me. He says it over and over and over again. You don't really know who I am, right? And so that was the biggest problem, where the people of this day didn't know. People of of our day don't know who God is. The way we get to know God is through faith in Jesus Christ.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Reading Jameson. Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown's commentary, which is like a really nice short uh, commentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's free on Blue Letter Bible. Um, I like what they say about um, Christ being in the world Mm -hmm. and the world was made through him. Mm -hmm. They say, um, the language here is nearly as wonderful as the thought. Observe its compact simplicity. It's, and I do not know this word, sonorousness, sonorousness. I'm going to Keep reading.
1: Some old old guys. Right.
0: The world resounding in each of its three members and the enigmatic form in which it is couched, startling the reader and setting his ingenuity, a working to solve the stupendous enigma of Christ ignored in his own world. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to skip down. Um, Let's see. By his incarnation, he became an inhabitant of it Mm -hmm. and bound up. With it, yet it was made by him. Here, then, it is merely alluded to in contrast, partly with his being in it, but still more with the reception he met from it. And it goes on to talk about how being um, born mm-hmm. of the very person he created—he yep. was born through this person that he created—is yep. um, just a—it's just kind of mind-bending mm-hmm. that he's breathing the air he created, he's mm-hmm. walking on the ground he created, and he was rejected. It wasn't yep. as
1: though. It wasn't as though people didn't know who he was. We'll look at that throughout John's gospel. It was that they didn't receive him, it says here. They didn't accept. They didn't believe in him. But he goes on to say that some did. It wasn't Mm -hmm. as though there was was no one that trusted in him, and we know that some did. (coughs) And those who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. That word right means privilege, blessing, something that you are not entitled to, but is rightfully yours if... You go to the right person to find it or to have it. Mm-hmm. So that light we talked about last week, born in us, comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Those who did receive him, who had trusted in him by faith, he gave the right to become children of God. Yeah. Now, in this time, the Jews would have all seen themselves as children of God. In fact, in John's Gospel, we'll look at this you know, way down the road. Where the Jews said, well, "We're well, we're children of Abraham," mm-hmm. and Jesus said, "No, you're children of the devil." <laughs> he just threw it down. <laughs> he was like, "Before Abraham was, I am." Yeah. I was there before Abraham. And then they picked up stones. Yeah, they trying to kill him. Yeah, they were always trying to pick up stones and kill him. <laughs> and so Jesus is saying, "Just just because you were in the of the earthly lineage of Abraham, does not make you a child of God? Mm. Children of God come by faith, yeah. right? Which has always been the always been the case.
0: Well, and, that's that's in one of the verses. Yeah, sure." Um,
1: they were born not of blood, not of, of, blood. The will of yep. flesh, or the will
0: of man, but of God. Yep. Right? So it's not as if, and in that time, you had you had people that were of privilege, yep. and you had people that were poor. Mm-hmm. And the people of the privilege, you know, they got certain things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this is telling us is that you can't pay your way into this. Right. right. Um, everybody's
1: everybody's in darkness. Yep. Everyone, no matter how much money, power, right. influence, or how little you right. have, everyone's in darkness apart from faith in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah.
0: And what I love about the whole concept of Christ being in the world that he created and, and the world not receiving him, mm-hmm. um, like I have felt lonely at times, sure. I have felt abandoned um, by people who I thought should um accept me, mm-hmm. take me in, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to feel like I'm the only person that's ever felt this way, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. only me, oh, it's God, only me. God. I'm on an island, yeah. yeah,
1: no one knows how I
0: feel, right? Yeah, yeah. but. But when I read that, I, I can get a real sense that Christ knows exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's what spurs me on even more is what did Christ do in response to not being received? He died for the very people that did not receive him. Yep. He offered his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's the
1: light and the life
0: um, for people.
1: And that light and life is grace and truth, right? Yep. So verse fourteen, full. Yeah. Of the of the glory of God and grace and truth, right? Yeah. Like he he came to bear not to bear witness, but to be the light, and that light is both the truth of our need yeah. for salvation and the giver of the grace we need to be saved. Yeah, right. So he not only tells us what's wrong, but he's the one that that fixes it.
0: And he's not he, he when he tells us, and it's more like an, an illuminate an enlightenment yes, kind of thing. Sure. When we're when we find out we're wrong, it's not as if a it's condemning. No. It's a, sitting right there alongside us, um,
1: being merciful, being yeah. gracious. Well, that's what John 3 said. John 3 yep. said he didn't come to the world to condemn the world. Yeah. The world's already condemned. And right. I think there are a lot of people out there that know that, mm-hmm. and then we're, we're, we're running around trying to find um, things to, to kind of distract us from it or to kind of find a way to to redeem ourselves Yeah, as opposed to going to Jesus who, who brings us out of that darkness and condemnation. Yep.
0: Yeah. I still do that. I, I can be very tempted to um, go to other things mm-hmm. other than God. Yep. Um and that and that that's just what we call idolatry. Yep. That um, you know, Calvin I think mentions that the, the heart is an idol factory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so I can very easily slip into that. And, way and, look, of and the
1: reason why our hearts are idol factories is because we love glory. Mm-hmm. Right? We are glory hogs. We want glory for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And so when it says here in verse 14 that we have seen his glory, the mm-hmm. glory of the word, we've seen his glory full of grace and truth. This, the only son from the Father full of grace and truth, that is a direct competition to our own glory. and there's no glory shared. It's either his or ours. yeah, right? The problem is it's always his. Mm-hmm. So anytime we try to rob him of his glory, we lose. Right? right God is going to be glorified. So whatever whatever attempts we make to glorify ourselves will ultimately fail and lead to our own humiliation. So instead of, instead of seeking your own exaltation, exalt Christ, the light and life of your life, and that's where you find joy. Mm-hmm. That's where you find the truth that you need a savior and the grace that that savior is Jesus. He doesn't push you away. He welcomes you in.
0: Yeah. And that's the crazy thing that I have experienced is that when I chase after joy and happiness like itself, mm-hmm. I chase after that. I never get it. Yeah. I never wind up with it. Yeah. But if I'm content and I practice acceptance from where I I am Mm -hmm. and I love God through it, I continue in belief, I Mm -hmm. continue in faith, it's not very long before I find myself to be happy and joy. And then that cycle can almost repeat sometimes Mm -hmm. in my life where, okay, I've been experiencing it now, I want to chase after Mm -hmm. it, and then I get depressed again. But then if I just can be content with where God has me, Um, I think there's a a verse in the Psalms that talks about being, and it's talking about how the the land was distributed in Israel, Israel, Mm -hmm. being content with the plotted lands or something like that. If I can be content with what God has given me and where he's placed me, I will be happy. I will be joyous. And uh, every time
1: it works, yeah, because it's not ever supposed to be circumstantial, right? right. I love you, God, because things are good, yeah, yeah. And then things go bad, like, well, God must not love me very much. <laughs> I don't love you, you know, and you, you get this cycle. It's yeah. a, it's a real that's struggle. The, I'm real. the mindset of the miserable comforters in Job. Absolutely, yeah. that's exactly right. And so what I find encouraging is verse sixteen for for just the times that you mentioned for from His fullness, for from who He is, we have all received grace upon grace. Mm. Is there's this like stacking, flowing over, uh, building yeah. of abundance of grace. Like there's never, there's there's never a time where you will not have the grace you need. Right. We can't out God's grace. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You will always have what you need to be content. Like you said, in those moments when we don't feel content, yeah. To to get through that hard time, uh, to push back as we saw before, to push back the darkness with light. Mm-hmm. There's grace for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that is the part of Jesus that so many people love to hear about. But a lot of times we want to abuse that and say, well, he'll just accept me as I am. I don't have to change Mm -hmm. anything. I want to stay in the darkness. I just want grace to stay here. And it's like, well, this doesn't work that way. Yeah,
0: I think it's Paul that talks about not presuming
1: upon his grace. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're meant to live in the light. Yeah. So there's plenty of grace to do so, right? Um, Staying in the darkness does not access that grace, that, mm-hmm. that darkness says God I want you to accept me where I am but I don't want to, I don't want to be like you yeah well God would say well you don't know me then yeah so if you knew me you'd want to get out of this mess right right I so I think that's where the grace is powerful is when we're trying to live in the light we need it desperately to do so yeah so whether it's our personal relationships at home with our families or at work or at school or at church, which is the primary time which our faith is challenged is, one, mm-hmm. is in relationships. Yep. And the relationships that are closest to us. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. those are the hardest <laughs> ones, right? We need that grace upon grace upon grace. Yep. And that grace is found in Jesus Christ. So no, no one's ever seen God as John says here. Mm-hmm. But if you have know Jesus, you've seen God. Yeah. If if you want to know who God is, look to Jesus and that grace will, will lead you to know more and more of God. And, and, just, and to keep in mind, as, as Hebrews says, that we have a savior who is not unfamiliar with our temptations and weaknesses. Yeah. It's like he bore all of them without sin to be the perfect sacrifice in, in, in our place. And so you have that kind of savior in Jesus, trust him, rely on him and you'll have the grace you need to, to get through your days with, with peace and joy. Yeah.
0: And, uh, we obviously couldn't cover all the verses here, but Orrin, if you just want to cover, touch on verse fourteen, and we'll we'll end with that 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 idea and that concept of the word becoming flesh of tabernacling amongst us. Yeah,
1: so the word uh, is is incarnation, um, and to dwell is the word tabernacle. It means to set up shop, to set up a tent. Um, but and the Old Testament imagery is that God's presence was yes. with His people in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, which was a tent. Now, the, a tent has a temporariness to it, right? Tents are not permanent buildings. Um, and Paul even addresses this in, in Corinthians, where he says, We trust in God. When we're delivered from this earthly tent, we have a building with God in the heavens. Mm-hmm. So G- calling Jesus a tent shows, tells us here, prophes- in a prophecy way, a, a prophetic way, that his earthly dwelling was temporary, mm-hmm. he was only going to be here for a time. At least in, in his his um his earthly suffering, his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. He does have a physical form now, a body that was resurrected, but it's a glorified body. Yeah. And so Jesus comes to bear flesh, to become flesh, like you and me. Same hungers, same temptations, but he was sinless in that in that human form, in that in that fleshly being. And he dwelt among us. No other God comes to live with his people. Mm-hmm. Even in the ancient Jewish culture, the Hebrew culture, all the other pagan gods didn't, you had to go to them. Mm. God says, You build a tent in the middle of the camp and I will live with you. Yeah. There's such a special imagery there yep. that you can't find anywhere. And they almost else.
0: couldn't accept it when no, it was first. they couldn't believe uh, yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Because remember, God was on the mountain with Moses mm. and Exodus. And then once the tabernacle is formed, that fire and that cloud comes to dwell right in the middle of the people. <laughs> And and, and even even says this in in in, in the, in the I believe in the book of Numbers where it says, "Does any other nation have a God like ours who comes to dwell with his people?" Mm-hmm. This was Old Testament. Well, yeah. that that idea takes on flesh in human form and yeah. lives among us. Yep. Now this is a powerful imagery of the kind of Savior we have who would get down in the dirt in the ditch with us yeah. to get us out of it.
0: And that's the climax of the biblical narrative yeah. too. Is that the the redemption of all things
1: is the return of that dwelling yeah, exactly uh in in real physical ways and so the consummation in of the city all of of God. this work of Christ the redemption of of his world mm. creation all creation will be redeemed and we will one day have a perfect fellowship and relationship with Jesus unbroken forever mm. and he will dwell with us in fact revelation 20 says this or 21 says the dwelling place of God is with man yeah so God says, "I'm going to dwell with you, but I'm going to make a place where we can all do it and get it and get along just fine." Right? Yeah. And and so <laughs> Jesus came to just give us a glimpse of that in his in his earthly ministry, his earthly life. Um, and I think we take that for granted so so often. Mm. We even want to only look at his humanity or only look at his divinity. We have to see them both together. Yeah, truly God of truly God, right? He's completely perfect, completely holy, but he's not that much different from you and I in mm-hmm. his in his earthly life but a perfect one, a perfect man who died on the cross to bring us into fellowship with God. And I think that's the grace upon grace that we talked about earlier, is that you see this grace is overflowing from the man, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, to give us the peace and life and light that we so desperately need.
0: Yeah. Until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.